Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Emily Lay is the founder of Simplified, a brand of planners and organizational tools for busy women. Emily has been featured in Forbes, Family Circle, Better Homes and Gardens, Glamour, and Good Housekeeping. She has been recognized with numerous awards, including Best New Product at the National Stationery Show, as well as Small Business of the Year, Female-Owned Business of the Year, and Entrepreneur of the Year by Studer Community Institute. Emily is the author of several national best-selling books. Now as an author, entrepreneur, wife, and mother to three, Emily lives in Pensacola, Florida with her husband, Brian, their son, Brady, and twins, Tyler and Caroline, as well as a puppy named Walter. Emily, we are so honored that you would join us for our podcast. We've been so excited and looking forward to this for a long time. Oh, you and me both. I am absolutely thrilled to talk with you guys. I I mentioned earlier before we hit record, I am so grateful for all of the goodness that you put out into the world. It has been such a blessing to me as a mom, and um, I'm just honored to be here. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I was thinking about you today, and I was thinking about the beauty that you put into the world, the organization, which as Enneagram Ones, we both love how you've made our world more organized, (laughs) all the different things. And the quote that came to my brain, I don't know if you've ever heard this or read Madeline Langle. Are you familiar with her? No. She said... We draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I got goosebumps. Isn't that beautiful? And it made me think of you. When I read it, I thought, that's what you have done for the world. You are this light that is so (laughs) lovely, who you are and all the things that you create. We're just so grateful for you and excited to have your wisdom and heart with us today. That might be the nicest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, it feels very true. And let it set the stage for how excited we are to have you here. And yeah. and Emily, in our minds, it started with a planner, but we would guess it started way before that. So how did you come up with the vision of Simplified, and how has it evolved since then? You know, it's crazy to look back over the last 14 years since I founded the company. God has just taken it in directions that I couldn't have even planned for or dreamed of back in 2008. I always knew with all of my heart that I wanted to be a mom. And when Brian and I got married in 2008, we lived in Tampa. He had a good job. I had a good job. Um, Master's degree in public administration was just climbing that ladder and felt like there was just something missing that I was being called to, and I just hadn't found it yet. And I decided one day, you know what? I would like to be able to stay 
home to work from home with my kids. I knew that I wanted to have a career, but I wanted to be able to do that flexibly in a similar way to what my mom had done. She was a teacher and she was home with us during summers and afternoons and I wanted that. Mm. So I said, well, I made my bridesmaids these beautiful note cards on my printer at home because I couldn't afford crane stationery, which is what I wanted to gift them. And if you know paper, you know crane <laughs> is just the, the end-all be-all. Yes. So I decided I was going to make note cards and sell them on Etsy. And from there, it just kind of took off. Etsy was new. Facebook was the thing. There was no Instagram. Twitter was kind of starting to happen. I had no money for advertising, so I would just tell all my friends about it. And then I started dabbling in like, what if we made stuff that's a little more purposeful and life-giving for women like me who are trying to manage work and life and everything in between? Mm. And so very long story short, we made notepads. We ended up making just a whole bunch of different things that felt very purposeful. And when my son was born in 2011, my oldest, I just found myself completely overwhelmed in love, infatuated with this sweet baby that we tried for a long time to have, and this career that I loved, and I just felt like I couldn't do it all very well. And in my head, everyone else was doing it really well and very effortlessly, and I was the only one struggling. Mm. (laughs) When I started sharing that story, I started to learn that, no, like, women everywhere are struggling with this. So I made a tool to help myself out with a binder and a Sharpie, and that's how the Simplified Planner came to be. And then over the years, we've wow. kind of collected, I say we've collected these amazing women who work with me, who have talents that just blow my mind every day. And they have helped me take Simplified into what it is now. And now we have an online store where we sell planners and organizational tools. And we have almost, not, I think, nine books And we have products in Target and Walmart and Office Depot and Staples. And I just could never have ever dreamed that that would come to be. (laughs) It's amazing. And you have three kids now to boot. I do. Yes. So I have an (laughs) 11-year-old named Brady. He's fantastic. He's in fifth grade. And then Mm -hmm. I have twins who are seven, which is crazy, a boy and a girl, Tyler and Caroline, And my kids are phenomenally fantastic and very, very different from one another. Mm -hmm. Their personalities and their likes and dislikes and their quirks are very unique and individual. So it's a wild and crazy ride, but it's so much fun. And you have a new addition to the family that we were talking about before that you might have to tell about too. (laughs) I hope you can't hear him. He's trying to tear up everything in this room. (laughs) His his name is Walter. (laughs) Can't hear him at all. Walter is a, he's called a twoodle. So he's a mix between a golden doodle and a schnoodle. And he is our new puppy. Oh, wow. Yep. And he is about five months old. He's so fun. He's so cute. I wish we could show you all a picture. Maybe you could send us a picture we could put in the show notes or something. I'm on it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, good, good, good. Emily, what would you say to moms who might be listening, who have a dream to start their own business? Oh Well, first of all, I want to give you a hug because I've been there. I know that when you have a dream and you're a mother, it's almost difficult sometimes to allow yourself to dream because you feel as if, putting your dreams at the forefront means that you're sacrificing something on the motherhood front or that you aren't serving your children very well. And I struggled really significantly in the early days thinking 
I'm doing this all wrong. Maybe I do need to step back. And if I have the option to be a stay-at-home mom or a full-time or whatever you want to call that, like not have a, a career outside of our home, if I have that option and I choose not to take it, that is not the right choice. What I've learned over the years, it'll be 11 years now since Brady was born, my kids have grown and learned so much from watching their mom and their dad have careers, want to make a difference in the world, have things that they want to achieve, and they're better for it. Mm. Last night, my little boy Tyler, last night, he's seven, he looked at my husband and he said, you know, I think I'd like to buy a stock. We were like, oh, what? And Brian is a a bit of a day trader. And Brian was like, okay, like he's picked up on things around the house that he's learned and he's ready to kind of stretch his wings a little bit. So I would say to any mother who has a dream, allow yourself to dream it. Mm -hmm. Don't fall into the trap that moms can't dream. You will be showing your children. They will be watching you try for a hard thing, you know, try to make your life better because you have something that you're passionate about. And I really do think that that goes a long, long way. Hmm. I love that idea. Too. What about balance today? How would you encourage moms to help them find balance, which is so tough? Oof, that's a good question. First of all, I heard this analogy one time, and it has just stuck with me over the years, that balance is much like riding a bike, that you're constantly shifting your weight from left to right. Mm. You're leaning harder into work one day and then leaning a little harder into family the next day or week or year or season, but you're constantly shifting back and forth so that you don't face plant. (laughs) And if you think about the physics of riding a bike, that's exactly what you do. To me, that analogy is full of so much grace And it reminds me that it's okay, like this week, I had to go out of town for three days to a photo shoot for Simplified. I had to lean pretty hard into work. But next week, we have, you know, class parties at school, and I'll be taking time away to go and attend those things. And so it's just a constant shift from left to right and kind of finding that sweet spot. I don't think I've ever achieved balance. I don't even know if that exists, (laughs) if we're being honest. So true. Yes. Which is grace in itself. Amen. Amen. That is grace in itself. And I would also say, allow yourself the power to say no when you need to. I recently interviewed Nadra Tawab, who's an expert on boundaries for the Simplified podcast. Mm. And we talked a lot about how to say no kindly and gracefully when you need to, and how life-giving that is not just for you, but for other people. It's difficult to set up those kinds of boundaries and say no to different things that could even be good things, but it's so necessary when you're protecting what truly matters most to you and your family. Yes. Mm, It's so good. This season of our podcast is called Modern Parents Vintage Values. What's one vintage value you think kids struggle with today, and how do you think we can help them with it? Oh, a vintage value. Honestly, I think it's kindness. Mm. We always told Brady, there are rules, you know, the lay family rules and lay family values, and you are a lay, you are representing our family out in the world and inside the walls of our home. And so we always told him, always listen, be kind, love God, and love each other. Mm. And I think the be kind part is lost sometimes because kids are witnessing the opposite of that in the world and on the news and on the radio and in music lyrics and that kind of thing. And so when the kids get out of the car in the morning, 
we always tell him two things. Brian takes him to school and I pick him up. So this is Brian always says, crush it. That's one of them. Crush it, crush the day. (laughs) And number two, (laughs) be an includer. And so that means Mm. be kind and look for the kid who's sitting alone at lunch. Look for the kid who doesn't have a friend on the playground. Always be that person that's looking out for others and pulling them into the circle and reminding them they have a seat at the table. Mm. That to me, my oldest, he could go to an Ivy League school. He's just a brilliant child. He's, Mm -hmm. He's academically so fantastically amazing. I care a lot more about him being the kind kid in the class than I do about any college he goes to. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's kind of our lay family thing. Like always, it doesn't matter if they look different than you or they believe different than you or or whatever. Always, always remember that everyone gets a seat at the table. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say kindness. Mm. And I love that it's both things, be inclusive and crush it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, crush that the day. speaks to so much of his heart. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. That's so good. Yeah. Well, okay. Thinking about things that are vintage, what is something that was true about life when you were growing up that you wish was still true today? Other than wanting people to be more kind, that certainly. Oh, that's a good question. So my parents, I was very fortunate to grow up in a family that It was just wonderful. I mean, we had a literal white picket fence in front of our house. (laughs) My parents have been married for 100 years. They adore each (laughs) other and really just displayed what good marriage looks like to my brother and I. He's four years younger than me. My dad worked at the power company. My mom was a teacher. And they made a lot of sacrifices to have the kind of family life that they wanted to create for us. And one of the things that they did was protected our time and didn't overextend us with commitments, both, you know, in sports and things like that, but also going out with friends or, you know, doing that kind of thing. We had dinner at the table every single night. Mm. I can remember a few Happy Meals in the car on the way to ballet, but not very many. Like, (laughs) And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think it was really beautiful that my parents found it so important that that little round table in our kitchen with four chairs, that it was filled as often as possible. Mm. And good conversations came over that. And it was never like thrown together, which, I mean, thinking of our dinners here, sometimes that happens, you know? (laughs) They would set the table. They would make supper. We always had sweet tea on the table. Mm. That was just important. And I feel like I have to fight for that. Yes. I don't know if it was different back then that, you know, more families did that or what, but I feel like it is a battle to be able to do that and do it well these days because there's just so much noise and Mm -hmm. opportunity and commitment and expectation. And kids need it so desperately, that kind of slow time where they're face-to-face with you in real life. And I'm grateful that you fight for it. One of the things that, that, that makes me think of is, so three kids, four years apart between the twins and Brady, and they go to bed at similar times, but each of them at night when we took them in, they just, they want to deliver a monologue <laughs> to us about their days. <laughs> and there are days when I'm like, okay, mommy's so tired. In my head, mommy's tired. The house has to get clean. The things have to get done. And someone once told me that at bedtime, that's when a child unloads their soul mm-hmm. because it's just you and them. They have things they have to offload. If you fight for that, that's when you'll learn about them and what they're facing, what they're dealing with. And so I would say that's another time that we don't do it perfectly, but we fight for that as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
I love that. Me too. Some of the best stuff can mm-hmm. come out in those moments. Yes, it can. Yeah. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer? The Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gominno.com. That's shop.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. So let's go old school for a minute. Tell us something you loved when you were a kid. A favorite show, favorite band, favorite book. (laughs) Do you remember TGIF on Friday nights? Yes. The shows. My family would, we would all sit around and watch Family Matters. Yes. We just loved it and lived for the TGIF Fridays and we would pile up on the couch and watch those TV shows together. Mm. It was like a cadence to our week that it just meant the week is over. We can watch TV together. It just is something like a a peg in the wheel from when I was a little kid. I loved Urkel. Have you watched that with your kids? I have not, but now I'm thinking I need to. (laughs) Yes, it'd be so fun to show him. He was so cute. It would. Well, shifting gears from that, we have talked so much about how as therapists, we have never seen parents as discouraged as we would say parents are right now. And would love to hear what kind of hope you would want to offer parents in this season what you would say to that? Oh, I feel so unqualified to answer this because I am one of them. (laughs) I get that. I feel often like, how do we navigate this world? Brian and I are constantly just trying to make the best decisions we can for our kids. And I remember calling my mom during COVID back when it was really crazy and we were trying to homeschool our kids or do virtual learning. I was trying to work. He was trying to work. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, you're who I go to for advice. How do I do this? Mm. And she's the ultimate organizer. So I thought for sure she would be like, okay, here's how you manage. And she said, Emily, I don't know. I've never been asked to raise three kids, manage virtual learning, try to work, try to keep up a house, trying to get dinner on the table, and also navigate a global pandemic. I have no idea. Yes. Mm. And for me, it always goes back to this idea of grace, not perfection, Mm. that We just have to allow ourselves grace. We're living in a time that nobody else has ever lived through before. (laughs) As long as we are just putting one foot in front of the other and trying to do our best with each decision, there's nothing better we could do. And not just with COVID, but with the state of the world, the things my kids learn out in the world and come back and have questions about. I wasn't asking those questions at 7 or 11. (laughs) And we always say, We're raising adults, not children. Mm. And so we always have very frank and honest conversations with our kids to help them learn the ways of the world. But inside the four walls of our house, that's the work that matters. And if we are extending grace to them as they grow and grace to each other in our marriage and as parents, I'm not sure there's a better answer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Emily, we are so excited about your children's book. You're always enough. Yes. It's wonderful. Will you talk about how you came up with a vision for that and what your hope for kids and parents would be as they read it? Honestly, it gets me like choked up to talk about it because Mm. I've had the good fortune of 
working with a great publisher and having the opportunity to write a lot for grownups. And when they came to me last year and said, we want you to write a children's book, what do you have in mind? I was like, I already know. Oh. 100%. The title is You're Always Enough and More Than I Hoped For. Mm. So many kids feel like they are not enough or they are entirely too much for the world, for their friends, for their school, for their parents, for their families. I had a conversation. My daughter, she's seven, Caroline, she came into the world squealing, like making this high-pitched sound. I, <laughs> I looked to the doctor and I said, is she okay? And the doctor said, yes, that's just her sound. She still makes that sound. She is spicy and feisty and wonderful. But she looked at me one night when I was tucking her in. She'd had a little bit of a tough day. And she said, mom, are you mad at me? I said, no, I'm not mad at you. She said, do you love me? I said, of course I love you. And then she said, I just feel like I'm just not doing like good enough. Mm -hmm. She might have been five at the time. And I said, Caroline, I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're sad. I love you when you're angry. And I love you when you're mad. Mm -hmm. And she just went to sleep. And I don't know why it rhymed, but it did. <laughs> and I, I took that into this book. I hope that there are children who pick this book up at a library or in a school or at a friend's house who look or learn or love or believe differently than other people and they see the grace of God in its pages and they feel mm. this huge hug from somebody saying, you, just as you are, you are made wonderfully on purpose for a purpose. Those things that make you feel like you're weird or you're different or you're just not measuring up or you don't fit in, that's what makes you so remarkable. Yes. And I just feel like so many kids, they're not told that for whatever reason. And I don't know why I get so emotional every time I talk about this book, but I see it in the world. I get direct messages about it ever since we announced the book that I have a child that's struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever, and they need this message so much. So I worked with this illustrator named Romina Galata. She's from Argentina, and she brought the most diverse and beautiful cast of characters alive in the pages. The kids in the pages are building forts. And the reason we chose that is because to me, it's like the ultimate childhood play. <laughs> you just take what you have mm. and build a, a space out of it. It comes out May the 10th, and we are in the middle of planning a really fun storytime book tour. So fun. Hosted by my oldest, so he'll be joining. <laughs> yeah, love that. But it's available at all the places right now where you can buy books. And I got to preview it. You did. <laughs> yes, I loved it. And I think what you're saying makes so much sense in our work. If the kids that we see believe the truth of what that book is communicating, they wouldn't need us. I know. No, but it's just so hard for them to let those messages seep down into who they are. So really grateful. And as a grown-up. Yes. I sometimes, you know, am reading the book for different videos we're doing or whatever, and I think, I need to hear this today. Mm, yeah, I know there's so many grown-ups in the world that feel the same way. So it's truly a message that we all need to hear. Yes. I can't wait to read it to my nephew. Have a real copy. <laughs> Thank you. What a compliment. <laughs> I was feeling that very thing as you were saying just what you're saying. I'm so glad you said that. I was thinking, I, yeah. I know as many parents right now who need to read that book and let that message seep in as I do kids. So yeah, I think it's going to be a book for all of us. I'm really grateful you did it. Can you pre-order through your website? 
Yeah, if you go to youralwaysenough.com, it'll take you to a page where it has all the links for lots of different places you can buy it. Well, and that was going to be our next question. Is there a project you're working on or have been working on that one, obviously, but that you'd like to share with our folks who listen? Absolutely. You have so many things going. <laughs> it's true. People are like, how do you do it all? I don't do it all. I have a team of nine women who are remarkable and help support all these fun things. But I am actually working on a devotional that we haven't really talked about publicly. And it comes out late this year. And it's one of two that will be happening. So it's just beautiful. And we'll share all the details soon. But I've been knee deep in that. And then Simplified, our company is releasing our brand new collection. We call it Simplified 3.0 because it's just a brand new day for Simplified. Lots of really fun products designed to help women be more intentional with their time and allow them to simplify their life a bit to focus on what matters most. I often walk down into our lobby to get a child and their mom is looking through one of your planners, which I always love. It makes me so happy. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Emily, we have a great love of food and tacos in particular. Oh, yes. And if we had the privilege of sharing a taco with you, which we hope we do at some point. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. What would be your favorite? It is a classic street taco. It is a corn tortilla mm. with carnitas, raw onions, and cilantro. And that's it. Ooh. Where is this? So there's a place called Ziscali near us here in Pensacola. And they just make the best, most simple tacos. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that's making me so hungry. Chips and queso are like my weakness, though. Yes. Oh, Emily, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing your heart and writing these books and creating these planners and being the light that you are to the thank world. You. Just couldn't be any more grateful for you. And I'm so honored to call you friend, too. We have loved being with you. Same. Right back at you guys. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.